enjoy the show. We're doing it live. I mean, a lot of people don't like Chicago pizza, but the metaphor is there. What is that? That means yes. That means no. That That means means NBA, mind your business. I watched it so you don't have to. Incantations and robots are a bad idea. It is a great idea for a video game, though. A very volatile Play-Doh, but Play-Doh nonetheless. So, Semtex. Let those who want to prevent what's right beware his power and that throws might. Well, first off, I need to tell you. Start the crockpot because it's going to be a long one. Here we go. (laughs) And we want you to go over to djandwh.com. Stop it. I can't stop it because (laughs) it's the beginning of the podcast. This is podcast number 233 in the media network of Purjangers and Wallhangers. And, of course, this is the Purjangers and Wallhangers media network presentation of the Triforce podcast, of course. I am Matthew B. Grill, the Batman. And to my left is Coward Board Kelly. Above him is the Purjanger box. One Christopher Bristow, the old man. And all the way from Thermoscara, Katerina Thermoscara, wonderful woman! And we gather here every week to talk about all the latest and greatest in video games, nerdy news, and geek culture. So we want you to hop on over here to pjandwh.com where you're going to find all the latest and greatest in nerdy news to where... uh, like Big Brother gets settled uh, after I just riled uh, Hero of Time Link up. And uh, scroll down and you'll see last week's Lugnuts podcast, which was Origami Grills and hy- uh, Hydrogen Engines, as well as last week's Triforce podcast. Hey, you guys, Goonies go Google. <laughs> and you're going to click that second link and find the very... Best and funniest every Thursday, of course, with me and Big Brother. But every Monday through Friday with Big Brother on Wall Gaming. Right now, we just started today, Horizon Zero Dawn. And uh, very, you know, outcast-filled, uh, very depressing, suicide-ridden start to a great and glorious game, honestly. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. Old man turned me on to it. It's he didn't. Game. He didn't start it off like that, though. That 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 was the. <laughs> he left. He left. That, that was the old Matt Man touch. That was yeah. the old Matt Man touch right there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. great game. Great game. Great game. Uh, GG. Foreshadowing there, sir. That's what you're doing. Giggity. Um. But I'm also foreshadowing you to go over to this. Uh, actually, we need to start this off right because tonight, the old guards' new script. What's right and what's wrong. Vin Diesel in space again and more on the Triforce podcast and we go over to our first story which is no Link no no it's not that time right now buddy it's not that time right now right now it's time for the Death Note creators they're coming out with a new series called Platinum End Tusagami Ohiba and Toski Ataba created a thought provoking world in Death Note did I actually hear that right did I hear that right you actually, I practiced it and I said it right. I I just glossed over it just in case I fucked it up. I I got that right. Yes, I think we're I all amazed. I, ha- we I just, have no idea, but man, did it sound so nice. Eddie Izzer said it best. If you look good and sound good, it's only ten percent what you say. <laughs> <sighs> 
The Death Note is not that uh, nice feeling because it's the story of Light Yagami discovering a notebook with the ability to steal life from those he deems worthy of death. And it seems like the pair of anime creators are testing their world-building skills once again with their new series, Platinum End. The series, which has a very different concept than its predecessor, but sounds just as mind-bending, will receive an anime adaptation based on the events of the manga, which ended earlier this year. If you're unfamiliar, which I am as well as you, that's why we're talking about it, Platinum End, the story revolves around a young man named Mihira who is dragged into the deep depression when his parents and uh, die and he is forced to take care of his nasty relatives, being saved from an, an attempted suicide by being uh, claiming to be his uh, guardian angel. Uh the protagonist sets out on a journey that will require him to fight 12 other candidates and become one of the new gods of the world if he wins being brought back uh, being brought to life by animated studios signal md who have previously worked on series such as flcl progressive it's clear that platinum end has some big shoes to fill being the spiritual successor to death note old man uh, you've watched the original Death Note series as well as... Have you checked out the live adaptation? That no, I have not. Uh, you don't need to. Um, but <laughs> I try to stay away from them on the prem- on the uh, Full Metal Alchemist premise. I wanted this one to be good because they were talking about doing a series, not just one movie, but they didn't do the first movie right. And Because it's hard to do it. When you look at the... Uh, uh, the anime L is very weird. Even Big Brother was kind of like, "What the fuck?" When I showed him <laughs> Death Note, like it's that kind of weird, like uh, cult kind of anime to right. where you like. If I say anime and I say, "Look, Death Note, Steins Gate," you know exactly the kind of anime that I normally watch. It's a very deep story. It's very graphic. It's you know, if I say Berserker, you're like, all right, you're into some weird shit. Probably if you yeah. end up, you know, if you end up saying like, you know, Berserker and Kite, that's too too right wing. We're we're not going that way. But this new series with Death Note, their new creator series, uh, they had a Japanese trailer which never shows you really anything. Uh, it was a trailer up above, but it's all in Japanese. <laughs> I don't speak it. Um, but this is our best uh, kind of look at it to where you see this guy having powers because of a guardian angel. And that's very akin to uh, a lot of anime. Um, but Platinum End is anime will arrive on the small screen, which will be debuting later this year. The adaptation, uh, this entry of the series, was released on Shonen Jump TV animation. Uh, TV anime adaptation will be on air from October 2021 to March 2022 and will be adapting the whole story of the manga. So they're going through that whole chunk of that manga series, which is nice because usually with manga to anime, they're pretty good. They have a good sense of where they their fans want their adaptations at. That's why when you go manga or comic to, you know, cartoon... For some reason, you get a good voice in there, a nice, you know, guy with some honey on his cords, and you got a good series, you know? That's the real 
kind of preposterous thing to where you can't take that next step to live adaptation and dunk it. We always say live adaptations of anime 99 out of 100% of the time do not translate well. That's right. But what if we take this another step further in the next story, which of course is... That was a good segue. Because the new legends of Mana anime TV series announced the teardrop crystal. Square Enix has announced the new Legends of Mana anime TV series on the way. Square Enix revealed the new series uh, in the news today about the upcoming anime alongside the first look of promotional art seen below right there with that tree. Obviously, you know, a nice, got to have a nice tree. You know, the tree of life in Dragon Ball. Yes. Story arc. Got to have a nice tree. Giggity. (laughs) Uh, I'll give a giggity to a tree. Why not? Make like a tree and... Uh, <laughs> Damn, I went a different route. Um, Legend of Mana, remember that? Uh, the anime is officially titled Legend of Mana, the Teardrop Crystal, and will follow the most recently released Mana title. Uh, that was probably supposed to say manga title. Um, Warner Brothers Japan LLC, Graphinica Inc., and Yokohama Animation Lab are all contributing for this new venture, a series that will be released worldwide. And if Yokohama Animation Lab sounds familiar to you, you may remember this, this company as one of the craft animated uh, opening for the Legends of Mana movie. So they worked on the Legends of Mana movie. That's probably why they sound familiar. So yep. they have some skin in the game. They also got um, uh, a Final Fantasy IX anime coming out. Yes, I saw that. Uh, what was that called? It, there was something that just released on Netflix. I didn't know if it released or not, but I wanted, uh, you know, I'm I'm very eager to see that one. I saw the trailer last night. Okay. So it was either, I think it was live or not, but I'm pretty sure it is live right now. Um, so you have that coming, and this is right on the heels, but taking that video game adaptation into a CGI or animated adaptation is well-versed right now. So we're still evolving from that same kind of premise of paper to TV screen now. Yeah, and they're realizing that the the medium can transition well if it's still animated. So hopefully they do it right. My question is how long until a Perjangers and Wallhangers crossover on um, each medium? I we're working on that right now. By do you want to say decades? Like by decades, like 10, 20, 30? Or do you want to go out by like hundreds? Um, you won't live hundreds, <laughs> so decades it is. Hey, I trust in technology. Uh, I might live another 20 years. My back will live five. <laughs> as long as your vocal cords are still alive. So you're going to be that, like, that's the all face, that matters, right? You're going to be like the face of Bo or Cassandra. All right. Very cush oh, life. Ra- either way, you're either in a vat or you're stretched in skin. <laughs> you're always going to be quit. <laughs> I reject that pronunciation. <laughs> I don't want to go with this segue, but I'm going to. Somebody else who is always uh, who is also wet in the bottom of the Marianas Trench in an Iron Maiden box is the next story's competitor. Charlize Theron says old guard sequel script is complete and filming will begin next year. That was a bit of a spoiler alert if you didn't watch the la- uh, the first uh, movie. Well, that was a movie, right? Of yeah, old guard. 
So yep. spoiler alert for the end, but it kind of led off that you were getting another. Uh oh, oh I don't know. Hell, where did you go? I don't I don't know where they went. Yes, yeah, so you can stick on that and then just scroll down on Charlie's <laughs> there on. Now you're gone. It's on the same monitor, uh, so if you click on the monitor and you could change it to a different monitor, I, I, it's I don't It's okay. I'm sure they'd rather anyway, see Charlize Theron. I know. They, they I probably will. will. I'll I'll move over a bit and move my mic so Charlize Theron has some room here. Um, but she has confirmed with Variety that the script for Old Guard sequel has been written with production scheduled to begin in the first quarter of 2022. The star also <laughs> revealed that Marwan Kansari and Luca Minarelli will be returning as Joe and Nikki, uh, better known as Yusuf al Kassain and Niccolo Di Genova. But no other cast I'm members really have impressed. been so far. I'm not, I'm not even trying to be funny. I am so impressed. I can tell you practice some of these names. I have because I love the old guard. It was such a great Highlander-esque film. Because I was that's going what to it say was. it felt very like I'm as you know, I'm watching Highlander now. I'm on the last season. Yeah, and awesome. there were several things in there that I'm like, oh, I see how this concept kind of got translated into this. And Old Guard was one of the ones that came up. I am super excited for this film. I, yeah. I hope that they build enough of a lore that this could become its own series. Although I'm not sure I see Charlize Theron wanting to do a series. But yeah. I think this would translate to such a great, great series. I would be all in for that. I feel like they should do the Highlander to that, to where you have your movie, and then you have that TV series to where you just have those cameos. A lot well, like Well, I'm Flash on the last did. season. I don't remember how it ended. It, it was, it's been too long since I've seen the series. Because there was a point where they seen... had both Highlanders and not Sean That Sean was in Connor. the first episode, and I haven't seen him since that first episode. What? Was it only one? Maybe they substituted the only for, uh, uh, I only saw Raiden. They could in only afford one. After that, he went to the battle for Earth, and we haven't seen High Nor Hero since. You know what? Oh, I, he's an elemental now. That's why. That there you go. Uh, I really. That's the transition to being Raiden. That's right. <laughs> but it also had um, not Pete Townsend, the other who, um, Robert Daltrey. <laughs> The other who. The other who. The only who. It's like the other white meat. Not the The other who. Oh, really? Not that guy. Keith Moon and fucking the ox are dead. What else? Was it It's one or two. No? So, not the screamer. (laughs) Giggity. Um, So, so what else you got? (laughs) So, we'll have to see how the second season, second movie of the old world would turn out um netflix touted that old guard got has reached 70 million households within the first four weeks it was available to the streamer so uh you after make something being that good July, people are gonna watch it exactly they will find a way and mm-hmm. i watched it right away it was a great movie and i wanted another one as soon as it ended because of how it ended you know you had that oh yeah there was that one bitch we forgot uh, she's going to be mad. She's really going to be mad. I mean, she was surly before. Well, salty. Very salty. I watched it thrice. And I might watch it again. now. That oh, I got to watch it again now that we're talking about it, man. It was so good. That's that's one of those 
movies that you can just keep watching. And Netflix, nonetheless, you know? A lot like our next story. But <laughs> our next story, you gotta tell. I gotta tell you, in brightest day, in blackest God. night, beware oh, your fears made into light. Let those who, who stop what is right... Burn with his power, Sinestro's might, because our Green Lantern HBO series might be casting Tobias Menez for the role as Thal Sinestro in HBO's Green Lantern Corps. Uh, so he was very dastardly in, in Outlander, I will say. Yes. But he also had like his range from switching gears that's when he had to be two characters that's what they kept saying in this article is that he can switch gears to where sinestro if you aren't familiar with the comics he was known as the best green lantern up until hal jordan and especially with them going through generations this you don't know how long sinestro actually lives so he could probably go through all these generations of you know uh, guy gardner and uh, Alan Scott and Hal Jordan, and then by Hal yep. Jordan, he's so corrupt. You know, it, it, it's that kind of thing. Of as you age, you get that kind of. Uh, there's a reason why loose DNA no in the brain. <laughs> you know, you get the loose DNA in the brain, and then you start getting crazy thoughts. But can we your talk gray about matter starts dissipating. Photo? This is the best photo you can come up with. He's covering half his face. Well, he was due for that's dental surgery. That's the best one you could do. He was due for dental surgery. The <laughs> this next guy's day, an actor, so and that's like, the best photo you can find. Really? I have that's to it. think. Okay. You know, he's just he's a little bit surly right now. That's my new word for the day. It was on the calendar. Um, but we'll have to see because of his uh, film career, television, and he's also done theatrical. Uh, stuff as well he played a key character in a number of impressive series including HBO's been in game of thrones hbo's rome uh right. prince philip uh, the duke of edinburgh and netflix's crown as well as game of thrones he was edmund tully oh yeah yes sir. you know i'd recognize him if he wasn't covering half his face because of his british teeth sir then uh, you need to not no Okay, you I went for the just Game of Thrones need thing. to not. Oh. Okay, but uh, night. This edge... is the point of the podcast where I say that the um, opinions voiced by uh, Mr. Matman here is not reflective of the rest of us, nor the Perjangers and Wallhangers in general. Just aside, but please do go on. I'm gonna isolate that now because it's all <laughs> you. Nobody else made a peep. That was great. So now we'll have that at the oh, beginning no. of the podcast. <laughs> so you know of all the audio clips i have of me i'm okay with that <laughs> <laughs> the ones that chris is always threatening me well, with. kelly always I'll says kelly always says that you're the podcast mom so i figure you should be the one to say the disclaimer i am the mom so that way when if you ever step over the line you're like well i warned you it's more often gonna be me but in our <laughs> I like this casting for Sinestro, um, especially if they get a good guy. They have their good guy Gardner. You got a good Sinestro. Give me yep. a ha- uh, uh, Alan Scott, and give me a, you know a nice series with intergalactic aliens and a lot of different. I want to see some tie-ins, you know, with other heroes, but I really don't feel we're going to get that. 
I feel it's going to be like all green lanterns. It needs to stand on its own. Yeah. So we better get some other green lan- good green lanterns. Well, with the, with the casting that they're doing here, this also just... When they're doing their TV shows, they take so much care. And they really get good people behind it. Why can't they do this everywhere? Um, Titans, Doom Patrol. I mean, they're they're wonderful. And then they turn out these films that are 20% good and 80% porqueria. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even mm. the casting called the Thal Sinestro character description for the upcoming series describes him as a warrior monk, the greatest mm-hmm. of all Green Lanterns. Sinestro is serving as <laughs> strategic commander no for idea. the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> all other lanterns unquestioningly follow his orders. You know, that's how act- it is in the comics until he falls. Every Yeah, he's the greatest. We just follow that guy. He's awesome. Because he was a really good monk. He's a warrior monk. That's why oh. he he meditates and kicks ass. So I'm he's just, really peaceful. I when feel he's like under every monk we have ever seen on film is a warrior monk. Yeah, not like I'm real life cool monks. I mean, what wars are monks going to fight in? None. It's you know, and then they're shot with a bullet. I mean, it, it, they, you know, not much you're going to do with that with your chi. I'm sorry. It's not Dragon Ball. Chi oh doesn't stop God. bullets. That may be the title of the podcast. Chin's Chi did not stop Chin's bullet. <laughs> like, so the Green Lantern story will go through the 40s, 80s, and modern day. And we'll have to see if Sinestro is going to be involved in all of those or just modern day with his downfall with a nice little brief uh, backflash of how great he was. Almost like that I jock who, bl- who blew his knee. I for them to focus on him when he was great and then more yeah. than just like a little sidebar. You want to Anakin Skywalker him and, and not yeah. like tril- yeah. original trilogy, but like if you saw it like, oh, this was a good Jedi that fell, like that kind of Sinestro. I would love that kind of a series, especially if they kind of focus around Sinestro being the core, you know, uh, the constant. Look what Clone Wars did for the prequels and just even just fleshing out that entire story. Yeah. Like I, I still remember the penultimate episode, just sitting back in my chair and just being like, yeah, I would love to see that first in show, see that build up, see how we got to where he got. Cause we keep on hearing it, but we don't get to see it. I want to see it. They need to do what, what Marvel is doing on Disney plus, which big brother and I were just yeah, watching the shorts. Oh, yeah. The little shorts, it adds as another layer to the story you're telling because then you can go animated like we were saying with Doctor Who. They're doing Mm -hmm. a 2021 with the second Doctor um, coming out, uh, uh, Empire of the Daleks or something like that. Really dope-looking anime. And Mm -hmm. you have that short layer that you can tap into and have a web series kind of and, you know, story. And still tell that mini crust, have your TV series and your movies, and have that nice little deep dish Chicago pizza. If you're into that kind of thing. I mean, a lot of people don't like Chicago pizza. But the metaphor is there. Um, A lot like (laughs) somewhere. Would you you say that you're trying to get it thick, boys? (laughs) Look... (laughs) 
Now you're talking my language. (laughs) Thick boy, skinny boy, right or wong, we go over to the next story. God damn right. Because Kevin Feige confirms contestants in the Shang-Chi trailer. Not that one. That's the spicy thick boy. (laughs) There we go. That's the spicy thick boy. That's the spicy thick boy. Another audio drop. Oh, I have audio drops that I just have cooking in the oven right now. I haven't even uploaded. Don't don't worry. Don't worry. I'm getting more. I'm I'm loading the arsenal. Put them on the Google Drive, please. No one is safe. Um, But Kevin Feige here, he says that it is, in fact, President Kevin Feige has confirmed that the characters in the end of the Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings trailer are none other than Doctor Strange's one Benedict Wong and the Abomination from the Incredible Hulk. So, so, it is Wong versus Abomination, and who are you pitting to win that little fight? Even if it's a two-minute little bit. It's going to be Wong. I want to say Wong. I want it to be Abomination. I I want it to be Abomination, too, and Wong has that funny quip afterwards. Because... You know, it's just like that whole Godzilla versus King Kong thing where people are like, yeah, King Kong's going to take Godzilla. Yeah. In no way, in no way yeah. will a supersized monkey go against a radioactive nuclear flamethrowing like, nuclear lizard. Thank you. Yeah. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. nuclear. The caveat is. No, I'm <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just feel like I would like to see Abomination beat his ass. And oh, yeah. Just oh, so yeah. that we have a little bit of realism in there. Oh, you like this magic boy? You know? <laughs> boom, boom. I would love to see the way in it. You uh, at a UFC way and be like in the Decagon, we have Abomination! Like, get that, in get that, that Bruce Buffer, like, that over the top. Of the Weighing in at three foot five inches, guy. we have yeah, Wong! Buffer. And then, you know, you, that's it, you know? I mean... Speaking of a little, little uh, interesting fact, Bruce Buffer and Michael Buffer didn't know they were related until they both chose the same path and occupation. Because Michael Buffer is, is like, you know, ready to rumble. And mm-hmm. Bruce Buffer is like UFC. You know, it's time! You know, and he does that, his old over-the-top delivery. But they're related. Huh. Relations aside. <clears throat> um, yet, Kevin Feige says, yes, we are uh, recently released the final trailer for Shang-Chi. Uh, he told Rotten Tomatoes, some fans say this looks like the characters they hadn't seen in many years named the Abomination fighting a character that looks like Wong. And and I can say that the reason it looks like that is because it is Abomination fighting Wong. I don't know why I find that statement. Because he's such like a that. nerd. Because- because that's who they are. You can that's see him like in his little Marvel cap and he's like, well, that's because that's who it is. Slurping a, sl- a little slushy, like, 
That's them. This is iced coffee, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, Marvel Cinematic Universe getting even better um, as, and wider in expanse, especially with each episode of the series they put out and each movie they put out. It's really impressive. And especially with that trailer that we saw with Shang-Chi, a lot of people are really desperately clamoring for another Spider-Man. They mm. want the Spider-Man trailer. They, we get all these little Tobey Maguire uh, met a fan in Portugal on the street, and he was like, hey, man, are you in No Way Home or, or you know, No Way Home or what? He just winks at him and smiles. What is that? That means yes. That means no. That's it. That, that means, means NDA, mind your business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Andrew Garfield. That means no, no, no. I I'm love not in my it. job. I will say what the Disney overlords will want me to right. say. You are not screwing me out of this paycheck, buddy. Kevin Feige over there, master of the Sith Lord multiverse. Yes, come sign this NDA. And look, we played in a, into a lot of the stories that they released on, like, we got this covered and all this because you see all these actors and actresses really having fun. Like, no, I'm not involved in that. And then Kevin Feige, they're like, I'm not involved Tatiana Maslany like is our She-Hulk. And you're like, she just said she wasn't. You have all these actresses and actors. No, we're not. No, I'm not doing that. They I don't like trust to any mess of them. With us. They the love the, the money. studio just likes to mess with us and keep us guessing and feed us a bunch of red herrings <laughs> because they know that we'll be frustrated and upset. And well, it's become a running joke now. Like, yes. uh, we, we know that you're in time. it, but you, we know you can't say anything. But I think that's so the just beauty say part. you can't say anything. I think that's the beauty part of it because they, like in marketing, they have found a way to get you to start talking about their product and boost their sales. That's all it's about. If I put this out there, they're going to start talking about it, and now I have them. So, yeah, you can just go and talk. I'm going to let you – I'm going to let the actors talk now. I'm going to let them, let them talk. I'm going to let stuff go on, and then I'm going to really just drop a trailer whenever I want. It's not going to be at a con. It's going to be on a random Thursday or a Thursday if you want. But they have this new platform that keeps people guessing to where you wake up in the morning, you don't know if Marvel's going to drop that trailer. You don't know what they're going to do, but you know – when they're releasing something. Did you put, I don't know, um, the ones that are up for today, is the one about Lady Sif in there? Uh, you mean with the, the costume? Well, Lady Sif, they have a picture of the actress and her Lady Sif for Thor Love and Thunder. No, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one. But I loved Lady Sif. It, she has a cameo. Um it's hard not to do fucking spoilers. Anyway, we're going back to the story. You'll see Shang-Chi in theaters September 3rd. Wow, that was weird. Um, oh, thank you. Um, it's probably in the chat there. You can pull it up. The Lady Sif. There you go. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. Oh, no. Um, well, first off, Sif has cut hair right there. It, that's what it looks like. Well, part of it is cut and part of it is long. So she had short hair for her show. So that may be Blind them spot. putting in yep. extensions for her. So that might be what we're looking at, them putting in the extensions in her hair to give her the long hair that Sif has. Okay. Because of... of all right, I see... I see I'm, I'm really not trying to... 
fuck things up because the last episode of Loki Moving really on. was awesome. But yes, hair extensions being applied makes sense. But something else that makes sense is our next story. Because Star Wars Acolyte showrunner reveals one of her inspirations for the show. Leslie Headland, the showrunner of Disney's upcoming Star Wars series, Acolyte, uh, has said that her show will take inspiration from the first entry of the Star Wars prequel trilogy, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Little is known about the Acolyte so far, except that the show will take place during the waning days of the High Republic era, an era which began roughly 200 years before the Skywalker saga films, and it will be a mystery thriller. Leslie Headland was also announced as series showrunner as December uh, last December during Disney's Virtual Investor Day event. The High Republic first made its way into Star Wars canon earlier this year as a multimedia narrative project spanning various publishing mediums uh, such as novels and comics. While the project is still in its first phase in infancy, uh, the planned three-phase rollout, Acolyte, will be showing audiences the final days of the era leading up to the era of the prequel trilogy taking place. Star Wars Publishing is beginning to, f- to flesh out the time period before the uh, saga of films. So, this is what she says in this article, is that she was always inspired when seeing uh, the Phantom Menace in high school. That, how did the Jedi get to this point? And what was the you know, story that led them to that. And that is going to be the acolyte of how the High Republic, in in the High Republic, they have, they're a lot more attuned into the Force. The Force uh, uh, reveals itself to each Jedi in different ways. There is a Jedi who uh, picks up the Force as sound. There's a, a Jedi who picks up the Force in, like, different kind of colors. It's different for each Jedi, and there's a deeper understanding to where if they saw somebody like Anakin, they would be like, look, man, this is what you have to do for love and attachment, and they would guide him away from that very easily and correct that or just shun him. I don't know. It's a Jedi cult. But I th- I think I like this because the other thing they were saying is that you could treat this as almost end pieces, like in a bookshelf right. cabinet. Acolyte, Obi-Wan. And you make those perfect masterpieces on the Disney+, Plus and... A lot of people, they were saying, are going back to these prequel trilogy movies, especially after the sequels, and really appreciating what they got, especially in the mythos. And I have loved these prequel trilogies, you know? It was almost like you were shunned if you if you did for a while. But, you know, Phantom Menace, minus Jar Jar Binks, was not that bad, minus Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> but, you know, the second and third movies were solid. I got a Clone question. Wars, Revenge what, of the Sith. What did you think of Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> I like that I heard in a novel people shunned him as a like a, a jester and threw oh, tomatoes at him boy. because he led the Empire in. I know Don't several say. people that watched the Clone Wars but actively looked up the Jar Jar Binks episodes and made sure to skip them. That was me. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. When we were going through our Clone Wars, I was like, you can skip this episode entirely. That is not... I watched it so you don't have to. Yeah. 
That's one of those. I people. didn't hate them. Like I, it didn't no, bother me. Dark like, doesn't bother me on the same level as it seems to bother other people. But at the same time, those episodes do not right. add anything to the story. Yes, so it's like if you're trying to tell it. somebody to watch Naruto, the anime, you can skip these episodes because they have nothing to do with the main story, and you will love it more. It, it's like an anime thing. Like, no, just skip that episode. Like Black like Mirror. Skip the episode. first one. You're good. Especially. <laughs> Pigs aside. Um, I'm so mad I watched that episode. That was the only episode that I watched. Watch that was it. a wrap for me. It was so fucked up. Especially since I had just finished watching the um, Penny Dreadful that has the same actor as Frankenstein's <laughs> Monster. Yeah. <laughs> so I just finished him watching him as this beautiful character and then immediately start Black Mirror <laughs> where he's the prime minister and there's a pig involved and I'm just like, why? Pork sandwich he... with bacon. Why? You're like, oh, pork sandwiches. Well, at first I was like, hey, that's the same actor I was just uh, watching. And uh, then as the episode progressed, I was like, oh. Oh, no. 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 Little did Katarina well, know. That's no. one hell of a segue. That is one hell of a segue. <laughs> that is a definite disturbance in the force. Um, a, a lot like oh. our next story because Ron Perlman joins Transformers 7 as Optimus Primal. Maximals, Maximize. That was it, right? Maximize? Yeah. Yeah, Maximize. Decepticons, Deceptipize. <laughs> Linky Doodle, lay down. Nah, that doesn't work. But last week, Paramount Pictures revealed the next installment of the blockbuster's Transformers franchise will be Transformers Rise of the Beast, a film primed to introduce a number of new alien robots to the big screen incanta- uh, incarnation of, not incantation, you don't want any incantations. They're going and to incant some Transformers. Incantations and robots demons. are a bad idea. It is a great idea for a video game, though. <laughs> You know what I mean? Nobody's saying no to that. Um, I think I got an idea. I have an idea, uh, uh, Autobots. We're going to do a seance. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be great. We'll talk to the old. We are bringing Find out everything. Bumblebee, transform into a Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) She tours over there with fucking rat rat trap, and he's just got the Ouija board out. Was Seance and Optimus Prime? Optimus Primal? <laughs> We're gonna defeat the Decepticons. Oh my god. In that voice and everything. <laughs> oh. Got boy. your laser cutter. <laughs> I love that series. Oh, Beast Wars was so fantastic. There was a screenshot of Netflix's anime, mm. and it looked just like Beast Wars Transformers. Just in their. 3D Transformers anime CG look, but it was spot on. So can't wait for the anime version. I gotta think if you get the right people behind this with Ron Perlman, Hellboy, Pacific Rim, so many other spots. Sons of Anarchy. Fallout. Fallout 3. He was the voice in the beginning. War. That one's safe to play. His voice, I think, translates beautifully um, in the animation and as a Transformer. Yeah. Oh, uh, this four is, he did. 
a really wonderful casting choice, and I'm looking forward to at least his audio. I can't speak for anyone else's. I mean, Optimus Primal alone. No, go ahead. No, Optimus Primal alone is a great. He's a great voice for that. But you also yeah. have other people involved. I saw their names in here somewhere. You got the Terracons, Predacons, and uh, Unicron Decepticon, known as Scourge, involved in this series because it's based in 1994. So there's going to be a lot of surge involved. Remember that drink? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is before like- energy drinks. I don't know if they've announced their whole cast, but I would like for them to bring some from the Transformers films. Like Hugo Weaving was really great. Okay. Yeah, his voice translates well, too. Here we go. Anthony Ramos of In the Heights. uh, Dominique Fishback of Judas and the Black Messiah have already signed on for major roles in the film, but Perlman is the first big new addition to the voice cast franchise for Rise of the Beast. Stephen Cappell Jr. of Creed 2 will direct uh, from the script of Darnell Metier and Josh Peters. And it will arrive in theaters June 24th, 2022. Anthony Ramos is from Hamilton, too. Um, He would be Megatron. I would love. That would be a good casting. It would be. Did it in the first Transformers with Shia LaBeouf. So that's a voice that I would like to hear again. I thought he was a great Megatron. There you go. I mean, the other two actors. You disappoint me, Starscream. The other two actors that have in there could be anybody. You know, you could have Cheetor and Dinobot. Well, you know, you have Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, as it should be. I think Hugo Weaving. He has got. He. It is said he is going to be Optimus Prime, like as long as he fucking can. He is going to be Optimus Prime, and as As it should be. No one else can. No one else can recreate that kind of magic. Absolutely not. Like you say, Autobots roll out. You hear his voice in your head. Autobots roll out. Yes. Like, he just smoked 20 Paul Malls before he did that sentence. It was in a row. In between all fingers. Just. (laughs) Dennis Leary. It was Winston's during the 80s. (laughs) Keep that in mind. Because we had NASCAR had the Winston Cup. Winston's. Oh, my God. All right. Okay, but anyway, that first trailer from that first Transformers. Yeah. Where you heard his voice and then the transforming. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I will never forget. Still got him. The absolute chills just thinking about it. The first movie was the best movie. You know. Yeah. Uh, it was, man. It gave a, it gave us such hope, and then it, it was like, whoop, and then... Mm. Yeah, then the second one came out, and then, you know, all the... I will say it again. I said it last week when they fucking announced the, tri- the name for this. Bumblebee was not that bad. Because it had yeah, it was the an CGI Optimus Primal, which looked fucking official. Okay? Right. So, Bumblebee wasn't that bad. And who was that? James Wan? The most or recent Bumblebee good did film... That. Was rated pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it got it got decent reviews. Yeah, because Bumblebee's a crowd pleaser. Um, it was uh, John Cena, Haley Steinfeld, and and Bumblebee. So yeah, yeah who was the guess. director? I don't remember. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey was not no, the he was director. Great. <laughs> it was, you it never was knew. Tom Cruise I mean, as, as knew Wonder Woman. The, the, voice of, <laughs> the voice of Iago was not the director. <laughs> no. Oh, but, I was just, 
Are you sure about that? I'm. I am sure that he may pop up in this next story because <laughs> it is. We need a, we, you know, Matt. We need an overlay of like that's your final answer. You're picking B. <laughs> <laughs> this next story is a little bit heavenly. Oh gosh, I'm so looking forward to this. And a little bit devilish because Good Omens is returning for a second season on Amazon Prime Video. Good Omens. You get a second season on there. The company announced today, not today, but you know, recently. Uh, the stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant is they are reprising their roles as Azrafel and Crowley. I loved this first season so much. Neil Gaiman and his uh, uh, Terry Pratchett involved. Terry Pratchett passed on in 2015. Before he passed, in this article, Neil Gaiman was saying that he and Terry were talking about, you know, moving on in the story of Good Omens, and they had an idea of where they wanted to go. And this is, they added a little bit of it uh, with the Angels in season one, but now this second season is going to be that full realization of their dream. So it you even I want them to leave it at these two seasons because Michael Sheen and David Tennant are absolutely perfect. Perfection. In, Perfection. Together as a duo in this series. That first season was so perfect with the fucking uh, Adam and Eve scene. Like my god. You know, and then you see the, the the fucking umbrella, man. They're best friends. Just traveling through time together. A long All way. of space and time. You know, I mean, short of a TARDIS, man. This is the best thing since that. It's great yeah. series. You know, and I, I want to see, like, spinoff series and all that, but I also would appreciate if it was just its own standalone thing. Old man. I think with something like this, two seasons... Maybe three, but you can't push it beyond that. It's it's have trying to keep up that high level. Yes, is going to be difficult beyond two three seasons. But if they can give us two or three beautiful seasons, that is something that you can cherish forever. They they are the exact perfect people for these this role. Yeah, it's almost as if Neil Gaiman wrote them with them in mind, and he's you know really pumping out stuff now we're getting sandman you know we're getting this he has been in a lot of stuff i mean spawn is getting a tv series he was involved in spawn back in the day i mean he had his fingers in everything comics and the man you know even you know he was right up there with alan moore you know one of the really truly visionary comic creators and it was built off of, you know, everybody else. But as far as what they had to go with printing-wise, because they all, you know, him and Alan Moore have that same kind of style throughout their publishing of their comics. And it it looks good, but it the story is what really screams out in it. And that's what I get with uh, Good Omens. Uh, uh, good, good Omens. Good Omens. You're right. There we go. Good Omens. <laughs> Second guess myself. <laughs> but really great. And, um, I mean, even if it was just one season, I would have been fine with it. I mean, I would have liked to have seen more, but this was such – the first season was so 
perfect in and of itself that we would understand if this was all we got. One really great season. Yeah, but the fact that Terry Pratchett is okay with Neil Gaiman going on with this, it doesn't necessarily stop at a second season either. Right. To where if Neil Gaiman and he's really feeling these writers and this staff and they have a good idea going, we may get more. You know, I mean, it's that kind of thing with him. You don't know. You know, he's got Sandman coming out, and, you know, they have uh, their actor uh, and death uh, images of them spilling out on the Internet. So I got to imagine we're going to be getting uh, stuff from that soon. But I can't imagine him ever letting them continue on if the quality starts to drop off or if the creativity starts to drop off. Yeah. So I, I have faith that he will only continue it as long as it's it's good. Yeah. I don't know why I've done what word I was trying to use there, but you well, know what I'm saying. It's that because one of the I was thinking about this today. One of the best series I remember when I was, you know, going through college and everything, it was Lost with mm-hmm. Damian Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, and you were going through the story with Lost each week and it was just so great, so crazy, twists and turns, and then you ended up in purgatory. When you wished it was aliens. And since then, it's I've had this false sense of security of good shows. Like, I got six seasons of great shows from them, and they lied and cheated to me. What makes you any better? I mean, maybe a little projection there. But I'm just saying, I hold that kind of uh-huh. reverence of tell your story, but right. don't make it go too long. Because you get that lost effect of, fuck, what were we talking about? Well, also with Game of Thrones. But this is kind of different, only in that the people that were writing for it weren't the creators. And so once they didn't have the source material to go off and they were kind of left on their own, the story really suffered. But you almost wish that it had ended a season earlier. Yeah. Yeah. When it still had, when the story was momentum. Well, yeah, even George R. R. Martin said he wished that the story didn't get ahead of the books in the well, show. Well, if he had finished writing the books, that wouldn't have happened. That's, that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Now, granted, the man did do, like, uh, Fire and Blood before he actually finished this normal Game of Thrones books. He did <laughs> another book in on the history of his books before he actually finished it. Tell me how this isn't the rabbit in the hair. <laughs> we went but on I record he... multiple podcasts to say, just finish the fucking book. Well, he, I think it's like he wrote himself into a corner yeah. and doesn't know where to go with the stories. Cause before it was just him writing books and wherever he took it is wherever he took it. Yeah. But now it's the mainstream media Everybody, it's under a much bigger microscope than it was when he was just a writer. Yes. So I'm sure that is playing into the whole, how do I even finish this now? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, um, you, I feel you make bad you for feel him. standing with HBO that you just end the series where the books end. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you had a lot of chances to end it, but no, there is no release date on the story we talked about here. Uh, good omens. But What was that one again? <laughs> good omens uh 
the, for the upcoming six episode <laughs> season. But the filming is set to begin later 2021. So there's going to be a lot of filming in 2021. A lot of film industry uh, creators finally, like, you know, the Kentucky Derby, you know, gates are open. They're off creating. And we're going to get a lot of Everybody's content Everybody's being let out of their house now, so we're going to be getting lots of stuff. Go, go, go! My wife's driving me crazy! Let me go! <laughs> it's the fourth time in a row the kids watch, wanted me to watch Hot for Trot. <laughs> I saw uh, on Facebook that, that horse movie with Bobcat Goldwing. Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> I saw. On... How dare you make me remember that? <laughs> I saw on Facebook it was Bat Dad. He said, "Don't be a parent unless you consider this: being happy watching the same cartoon for the next four years." See, that's when you have to get your kids into like Gargoyles or the X Men, and not like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Turtles. That's that's what a bunch of my first friends have done. Turtles. You know, Dragon Ball. You know, you get them on, you know, Gargoyles, Batman, different yeah. stuff that you want to watch. And you're like, ah, this ain't bad. This is how it's supposed to be. And then the, when they become teenagers, you're turning them on into Invincible and oh, yeah, Castlevania. And different anime that you want them to watch. Like, like Yeah, yeah. You just, you just, you, you, you churn that fire. Okay. So you're, you're playing with Play-Doh. Um, a very right. volatile Plato, but Plato none, nonetheless. So Semtex. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so something else is that is uh, just, just, something else that is just like Semtex is this next story because it's gonna make you say, "Hang on, I got this. I got it." Broski. Which is the Game and DVD Exchange right over at 23 East Meet Stadia. Uh, 23 East Meet Stadia. That's all, folks. You said all these names yeah. and you didn't practice this. I didn't. The ad segment. I got all of the foreign names right up until this point. But I can't say 23 East State Street, Media, Pennsylvania, is where you're going to find the Game and DVD Exchange, where you're going to find the latest and uh, latest games as well as retro and the very best power glove that fits just to your hand. Probably not. But you go in there and walk in and say Projangers and you will get a whole 0% off. But you will get Broski <laughs> to let you know that he knows those guys. So yeah. you'll have that kind of moment and stare at each other and then say, where do we go from here? But as awkward as this ad segment is, the next story is not that Because TV-style commercials are coming to console games. That's oh, right. Please. I said those dreaded words. There are ads on YouTube, ads on Twitch, ads on your fridge. But now there really? will be ads coming to your console games if these of people course. have anything to say it, about it. Now... Uh, that's something that capitalism would like to change. As Axos reports, a company called Player Juan, described as uh, the first of its kind in advertisement platform, has signed deals with uh, companies like EA and High Res with Oh my God, that's wow, overmodulated. That's I I'm sorry. I I apologize. I I didn't know, but uh, 
EA and Hi-Rez with Smite are trying to bring this TV-style commercials to their games. Having tested this tech over a year, they feel like it now is the time to it is ready to be implemented. Okay, uh, so no more EA actually, games. Actually, no, nobody's ready for that. That's You can put that right back where you found it. So... The idea being rather than just beaming videos to them in the middle of a game, players would be able to view an ad and then the servers detect the commercial has been viewed in the entirety, released, uh, release rewards to the player. So yeah. you can have a little treat for watching their video like a little Pomeranian. Uh-uh. It sounds like EA Sports. You have a little helmet. Have a little treat. Oh, you want a little power boost? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, who ate all these dinners? Somebody's getting a new gauntlet. Like, you're gonna start seeing. You're gonna start seeing like. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe a better idea would be to pay the developers to put their products as product placement in the video game because no, no, then you don't have to have running goddamn ads. No, so. no, the developers are Look. fired upon completion of the game because that cuts into the profit. I have a better idea. You just, for your ads, you just put our podcast in there and then you give them God-level fucking, you know, equipment if they watch it in its entirety. Yeah, that, that idea. I guarantee you you'd have little reward for that comeback. A lot of people would try, but that's why we call it the Triforce. Or you could use it as like a well-timed bathroom break. When that ad yes. starts to play, you go handle your business, come back. You know, like when we were kids you and we were watching. You fucking cut the lawn. Work. You know, you get stuff done. You know, yeah, hey, like run off kids, and run a little so might as well and check come on back to your them. game and have a, have a little reward waiting for you. You know, and, and, and a little, like a little chest in a game that you might think. You know, it is not that bad because if you keep it optional as a reward system, if I want this, I have to sit through this ad. I think is not a bad option. Is this for free games? Well, that's, I mean, my, that's my question. They're putting it on Smite, oh. and Smite is free. So okay. I think you're going to test free it on games, free first. Free to play, yeah. yes. I think because that's a good that option is- for free. So if it's a free-to-play game, I will sit through an ad. I don't mind sitting through an ad if it's free-to-play because of the sheer fact reason is it does two things in the gaming world. This could be a turning point if we allow this as a community. It could be a turning point to get away from the battle pass and loot box systems because then it's being paid by advertisements and not by individual consumers. But how long until we get, like, in-game, like, events to where you go, like, oh, there's an in-game fucking event for Coachella on Fortnite. Oh, there's an in-game well, you're gonna event see over that. there. You're going to see that more and more now with xCloud, with, with Microsoft Ultimate Game Pass being available on PC through your web browser. Oh, so you're saying and next then, Thursday. And Yeah, well, you know, it's already live. As relative so. as time goes, yeah. All right. I'm, 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 okay. But, yeah, they're they're also in talks with TV manufacturers to have like TVs that have their a service built into it, like an app, yeah. so you can play their games. So you don't need any hardware; you just need a controller, Bluetooth controller, and you're good. So how are you going to pay for that? 
like how is that service being paid for how is that ad in america probably with a credit card but okay well you're already paying for the service but (laughs) 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 no i got my american express black card what country put doge on the on the bill on the main tender (laughs) there was a country that put doge on the main tender recently there you go dogecoin that's how they pay for it uh el salvador did bitcoin but they're they're having a hard time i thought that did uh, um, but you know, stop devaluing your man. We went way off of smite and all this, but they got solid data as to say that this is a solid revenue source. I think for free to play games, it is a solid venture to where, yes, if I'm playing a free to play game, I will sit through an ad, especially if I know if I'm going to get like a health potion or something that is actually going to, they've help already done the out. analytics on it though. The, yeah. the, the baseline analytics are the games that you play on your phone. And when you say, yes, I will sit through this ad to get this item, that's de- that's their analytics. Well, they have that data as well as a year of their own beta test of Smite and all the other games that's probably in China that or mobile games that they've done this with to where, yes, I will give you a reward for watching this ad. Even if you have the sound off, you're not even looking at your phone or your computer screen, you're doing something else. Hell, I got three of them. I'm not looking at half the shit I have on them. It's one of those things that they're just looking for screen time. You know, like an, on a NASCAR track, on an F1 car, you're just paying for the space. So it's I coming know. onto your console like is uh, the turtle. It's going to probably pop on a turtle. I don't know. It might All even... I know is that although this is very, very, it is a very interesting conversation. That guy's been staring at us this whole time. And... <laughs> I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> of all the that's that... they could have used to put there, that that right there just takes it off. It's really why I picked the story. There were a bunch of different articles, but I was just like, that one. I like that guy. Um, yeah. Thank no, you for that choice. <laughs> another choice I had is this next story. That was a good segue. Because Vin Diesel mentions a possible new Riddick video game. Because it's all first about one was really good. Oh my God, Butcher it Bay! Escape from Butcher Chron- Bay was Chronicles fantastic. of Riddick. Escape from Butcher Bay. Huh. You know, it's a original really, Xbox. It's a really awesome good game. game when you finish it and you're like, I got to do that again. Oh, yeah. That's that. That's what oh, the yeah. game was. You're like, yeah. oh, I got to I got to break out again. That was cool. Oh, yeah, man. Now, I'm, And there's been nothing in the Riddick camp recently. There were talks about the last Riddick movie that they were going to be doing an MMO about the merchant and uh, trade and fury and, and, you know, that, yeah. and going all around that, but they didn't end up doing it. And so it probably just died in story or in the pitch phase. But I'd like to think that another Riddick game would really hit right now. Even if you brought out, you did like uh, a fall of uh, mass effect. You bring out the legendary editions, you know, of Riddick and Riddick one and two right here, butcher Bay. And uh, the other one was, uh, Dark Pitch Black, uh, Assault on Dark Athena. Oh, that yeah. was really good too. I played that one too. Pitch Pitch Black was a uh, the movie that introduced Riddick. Right. Yeah, yeah and they were in between games. That, you gotta watch it. Yeah, it was that movie. It was that moment of in between games. Like remember the Matrix, and they had that in between game. That in between yeah. game was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was Enter the so Matrix. Good. Enter the Matrix, and you had it. 
Chronicles of Riddick, these were movie games that didn't suck. It's that anomaly that you see, you know? It's these little bits and pieces. I keep coming back to this transformative, you know, media. So so which which movie game are you talking about with The Matrix? Did you you did you play Path to Neo cuz Path to Neo was awesome. I, Enter the Matrix was kind of like Enter the a, Matrix a was in between 2 and 3. And it had the like it, you know, but it had the fucking stop motion bullet thing, man. It did. Yeah, At the that time, man, was so it much was better. really cool for the time. Don't burst my childhood that blew bubble. our minds at the time. You did. You didn't pay Pat, Pat the Neo. If you played Pat the Neo, you would have been like, "Yeah, that was a better game." I didn't, I, but I probably played that one as well, and I think I liked them both. But you know, he was I a remember? Matrix head. Yeah, you would have played them both. But Chronicles of Riddick, I would love to see a new game come out, as well as they're planning on another movie. He's saying in this article that Vin Diesel's saying, like, yeah, they got their script done. We're going to be going into filming. Like, we're getting another Riddick movie. Now, whether we get another Riddick game, I think, is dependent on the fans because Riddick games were glorious. Because he invested his own time and money into the studios. He he is a fan of video games. And gamers should take this uh, with a grain of salt, this story. But Vin Diesel has been a – he's a, a nerd fanboy. You know, the actor himself is into gaming, fantasy, and most things considered nerdy. Fairly common knowledge is in 2015 with The Last Witch Hunter uh, uh, streamed largely uh, talks with uh, screenwriters. His Dungeons & Dragons Witch Hunter character, he also uh, famously played World of Warcraft with Ronda Rousey every night until they finished filming Fast and the Furious 7. He played as a druid class. So he's playing... Dungeons and Dragons, playing World of Warcraft. The guy's a fucking gamer. He's a purjanger, goddammit. Yeah, we just got to get him on. We got to reach let's out to his people. That. Yeah. We got to reach out yeah, to his people, okay. man. Oh, man. Let, yeah. Let's just you do it. Get on there? Add him on this. Uh, Vin, come on. Hop in the Zoom box, the projector box, man. We'll love sure, to talk to you. Uh, he, yeah, I know. That's, whew, man, he's going he's gonna to have a good laugh at that one. Um, but we would love to have him on because... Chronicles of Riddick was great, and the actual fact of you know him being hopeful for that being in a game because you know he would be involved as the voice, so you know you have your main character, mm-hmm. and from there, it's whatever the story you want to tell. A lot like this next story, which avowed the. Ab- <laughs> Thank you, Batman. The uh, Obsidian game, well, it's going to be very different from Elder Scrolls, says Phil Spencer, head of Microsoft and Xbox. Uh, he says, who made in the comments uh, during a recent episode of IGN's podcast, Unlocked, uh, according to Spencer, Avowed and Elder Scrolls are very different. He went to say that there are some distinct differences between Avowed and traditional Elder Scrolls games. I think Avowed is going to be fantastic and it comes out uh, when it comes out, and I want to give it Obsidian the time to uh, the time and resources to build the most amazing game they've ever built. To where you're trying to separate Avowed from Elder Scrolls, but both of them involved multi-wielding magic and weapons. It's just different lore. There you go. Done. 
Now, old man, was Avowed the one that was going off of uh, Pillars of uh, Eternity lore? That I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was going off that Steam uh, Pillars of Eternity lore. So it had a thick myth- mythos in and of itself, and it was just kind of going up as this uh, Skyrim killer, but then they just kind of, you know, did you know, ditto absorb and just said, no, you're with us now. Because there, there Obsidian, can only be one. Obsidian, uh, they're fucking crazy because they have so much stuff going on. They have grounded um, their Honey, I Shrunk the Kids survival style game, currently in early yeah. access that they're adding content to. And then they also have Outer Worlds 2 that they announced at E3. And now they have Avowed that they released earlier. They are saying that Avowed is further on along in the, uh, the development stage. But getting these two differentiated in it, Elder Scrolls 6 is not coming for a very long time. Yeah. 2024, I would, I would be surprised. But um, I, I ESO will have a whole nation mapped out by then. And they, did they live in harmony? <laughs> the four nations Maybe. will live in harmony. <laughs> I mean, everything was, you know, you know, just have have like a little kids. It's like everything was copacetic until some bad fire people attacked. Yeah, but avowed. While it's going to be going, you're going to be basing it off of its own lore and mythos. It's going to have to have a lot of. I wanted to have that obsidian feel to it, like a, uh, I thought you said you're, it needed to have ice cream cake because I would. Oh be yeah, definitely. Everything. Ice cream cake. Everybody everything. needs ice. With the cooking cream. Cook. No, no, everything needs ice cream cake. Okay, I, you know what? Next week, With this podcast, cream. ice cream cake. Yeah, I got Ben cream. and Jerry's this week. Next week, ice cream cake. Yeah. Um, it's not digital. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned it. One zero one zero one zero. <laughs> Avowed is being developed in uh, for PC and Xbox Series X, so PlayStation can suck it. But controlled is our next story. I was expecting a groan out of that one. Honestly, I'm really disappointed. Um, control. A video game that just big for brother Big played. Brother because he's <laughs> it yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Control, a video game full of strange things that no one can really explain, is getting a spinoff that is aptly inexplicable. A multiplayer game. I can say something nice. You know it 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 had potential. It's just pissed me off. It, it was it wasn't a horrible story. It, the story wasn't bad. It was. Bizarre, but that's kind of why you keep coming back, and you can fling shit with your hands like you got the force. So that's that's enough for me. All right. So you got until, Jedi push until, and pull so. until I hate it again, and I disavow yeah. it at that point. So it's, all right. So it's like an on and on, yeah. on and off again relationship. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's it's spotty, giggity. Um, dub. <sighs> Dubbed project, don't just, just don't. <laughs> Dub project Condor by uh, d- by developed Remedy Entertainment. The game will be a four player versus entertain or er, er, environment PVE co op game set in a world of control. Besides that, uh, very Left for Dead sounding genre description. Detail uh, details are scant. A blog post from Mikhail. Uh, <laughs> 
Kosterin. Mikhail Gorbachev? So well. Mikhail Kosterin, game oh, director close. of Control franchise, emphasizes the world part, uh, noting that Control protagonist Jesse Fanden's journey into the oldest house was the smallest part that world and that uh, is the smartest part of that world and that Condor is an expression of how much bigger it can be. Kusserin, uh Kamehameha, also shared this bit of <laughs> concept art, which Kamehameha c- claims tells... It's, it's Kaioken, sir. <laughs> Kaioken times 10 claims tells th- pretty well that Condor is about... Uh, it may be a joke, though. So, do, you want me, do you want me to take it over from here? Just, just you know. It's also... It, they're saying it may be a joke, but... Control itself was a very confusing game. It wasn't very well received, but yeah. multiplayer-wise... Your map sucks. Ooh, you got... Uh, you got... Ev- it would... Ev- the map would evolve, okay? So Your maybe, map sucks balls. Maybe that would redeem it a bit. You know? Fix the map. Learn how to make a map. Look, Get a cartographer. He'll tell you how to do it. There's one thing... Whatever. There's only one hope I have. There's one thing I can hope, I could think, that could hope to redeem this podcast, which is, of course, this next story. That was a good segue. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> hit, oh, hit that beautiful bean footage. Um, you could skip around here, and, because this guy it builds the world's first PC cooled by magnetized bellows. This cooling system, designed and built by Matt from DIY Perks, utilizes some fancy technology, which we'll get into in a moment, to pass vast volumes of cool air over a PC's components at once. The design involves a magnet-drawn silent bellows system. The, what that means is a single magnet is suspended in a liquid-filled acrylic tube and surrounded by a cluster of magnets imbibed in the bellow, uh, the by jetting water through the tube using the series of cheap interlinked water pumps, the magnets shoot back and forth with ease. This allows the bellows to move quickly and quietly, pushing the entire case air volume up over the components once per second. And this is him going through figuring out the magnet in that suspended fluid. Um, around 14 minutes, he starts getting into, uh, oh, yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of that. He literally is yeah. building it. There you go. It's after the ad. You'll Science. S- there you go. Yeah. So after the ad, we see his finished results here, which are pretty phenomenal. Uh, when tested with a 16-core, 32-thread AMD Resin 9 5950X and a Zetanax RTX 3080, the CPU temps topped out at 60 Kelvin. Oh, not Kelvin. Uh, centigrade. Uh, 140 so degrees what the hell is that? Fahrenheit. And the GPU stood an impressive 62 degrees centigrade, which is 130, uh, 143.6 Fahrenheit. So impressive temperatures with this Bellows C- high-end CPU system. And he was talking about doing different uh, upgrades to, like, the vent flaps to making having uh, op- opposite 
opposing magnets to where they would close softly and different things. So you're saying that you're trying to get opposites attract. I mean, this thing is just impressive, man. I mean, this guy made a cabinet case with a bellow. When when was the last time you have I have even I can't tell you the last time I've even used the word bellows. But now this guy made a fucking high end PC bellows air cooled system. Time, but, you know, I'm in a different line of work. And it's impressive impressively cooled. Your CPU on an RTX 3080 running at 140 degrees Fahrenheit and your GPU running 143.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Impressive performance from this you know almost kind of you know uh he built a he built a rack rail system for a dark PC. ages style because of the bellows system of cooling but it works and he proved that the bellows system cools efficiently in another video that he uh, mentioned earlier i would have been more impressed with this story if it was narrated by michael cam or snoop dog snoop dog would be better um, or Samuel L. Jackson because he is the tri- uh, you know he's the top of all. Hmm. The hell is that a colonoscopy? The hell is he showing us? I thought it was an iris, and he, they're just going for graphical intensity for a oh, test. Okay. Well, everyone knows nothing's more intense than a colonoscopy. Like you get those benchmark uh, tests that you could do, like in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and uh, okay. Origin, and it would test your CP. There, there's the you know bellows cooling. And it's really impressive, man. Different people thinking outside the box. And this DIY guy got this cabinet with a bellows cooling a high-end 3080 system. So I got to leave you off on a high note, along with showing you where you can find a place to put your bellows, which is, of course, this next story. No joke. Tony Brown Homes will find you the best place for your bellows or your PC gaming cabinet as well as your that hot rod that you've always dreamed of yeah you'll find you a nice three bay garage you'll just hop on over here to facebook.com backslash tony brown homes hit that message button and him and his wife clarissa will help you out today and they will also help us out and going on to our end segment which of course tonight will be what non-dc character will instill enough fear to be part of the Sinestro Corps and why? So, old man, what? I know I said I know I know I said one, but I I, I thought about it. Uh, when it comes to fear, yes, um, you two people in mind: uh, the Unabomber and Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, he went with serial killer. I went character. I mean, yeah, I mean they're characters, all right, but whew, damn, man, because the Unabomber was doing like murder through the mail system it's the reason why we have scan devices now atrocitus wouldn't have wouldn't hold a, uh, any kind of hope against uh, either of those um his asshole definitely wouldn't hence the colonoscopy um damn from the last story you're tying in a whole bunch of stuff we're not going in colonoscopies this time this time <clears throat> that's enough that's a future podcast no um instilling great fear um i had one i put in the chat which was punisher um joe gilmore obviously fuck what did he say i forget um nice. yeah i know the nanny from matilda <laughs> or the school teacher from the matilda 
The the principal. Yeah, the principal. I mean, yeah, that she would instill great fear. Um, and where did he say it? Uh, ba, ba, ba. Daleks. Daleks would. Oh wow! Which it would have to be the the supreme Dalek. Sure. Ghost Rider was his pick. Which you could pick any Ghost Rider. You know how it goes yeah. with Daleks? There's never just one. They're like potato chips. Yeah. Lace. Would they all have <laughs> would they all have Sinestro Core rings? That would be a big uh, pickup for the Sinestro Core. Because Daleks can definitely instill great fear. And all other of the Sinestro Core would not It is a testament Daleks, to them so that they can instill die. fear with um plumbing equipment on them. <laughs> What's ironic <laughs> is that the Cybermen would not be able to hold any rings because they're devoid of emotion. The Night King. Mm, you okay. had like six seasons of like the White Walkers are coming. Dark, darkest days coming. Yeah, everybody was fearing the hell out of this man. Like, oh, and then man, we we, we had that one episode where we couldn't fucking see it. <laughs> you can see it in 4K and altered Blu-ray, but you can't see it on regular broadcast. I always saw Daredevil as being a uh, like one of the heroes that would probably turn down the ring, but he would def- it would definitely come to him. Like, you can instill great fear. This is a blind man beating up everybody in Hell's Kitchen who's doing wrong and not protecting anybody on his lawyer docket. So he's probably a public defendant. Um, in his heyday, Mike Tyson in a, in, in a boxing ring. Too tender? Did I, I hit that too tender spot? I'm sorry. Um, body I, blow, body blow. I know. I have one of those tender spots as well. How about um, the absorb? No, Mike Tyson in in a in a boxing ring. That would, <laughs> just watching him knock someone out. That is fearful. You know what? No, I'm. I will. Mike yes. Tyson. When Mike he's Tyson. Training. In blackest day, in lightest night. Beware my fears, made into light. Let those who want to prevent what's right, beware his power. The nest throws might. And then he hits you with a fucking giant boxing fist into a sun, and you're obliterated. I think that's a KO. Mike Tyson for the win. Ding, ding. <laughs> ring a ding, ding. I am just watching Cat's face right now. It is hilarious. Katarina, we have spit out our game. What are you going to ultimately beat us over the head with with your choice? Because... This seems right up your alley in the character realm. In the character, as in not a real person. Old Man Bristow did not take that into life. But he spit out a couple other characters. We'll let it pass. I I think that... um, Gandhi. No. (laughs) No. I think for me... um, Is it basket, motherfucker? No. I have always had this thing with, like maybe growing up in a religious household of like demons and things like that. So I would have to say maybe like the Babadook. Ooh, okay. Uh, or um, like Annabelle, the doll. The- okay. Altergeist. Yeah. Something along the supernatural realm. Cain oh, from, yeah. Cain from Poltergeist. Yeah. Okay. Something supernatural. Really be like, hey, have a fear ring. Oh shit! Like, <laughs> Michael Myers. There's already enough fear in there. Like even like um that movie, uh gosh, 
that was remade. What in- about our our personal purjangers and wallhangers friend? I'm going to call her that, even though probably not. Lisa Wilcox. You go Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddie getting the fucking fear ring. Yeah, and then yeah. the witch doctor from Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. who pulled the heart out. Ooh, yes. The Grudge. There you the, go. The girl from The Grudge. Yes, the one, the one with the Michelle the, Geller in yeah. Japan. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank you. You no, can't do. Stop that right now. Yeah, no, you can't do just one of those pops. That's almost like a a, a challenge in and of itself to do one of those grudge pops. Uh, yeah. Well, and it uh, was like, uh, I do this to myself. Uh, I I guarantee you, it is what it's eight thirty right now. It'll be one thirty in the morning. I'll wake up from the dead of the sleep, having to go to the bathroom or something, and I'm gonna be like, "What if I were to walk out of my room and she'd be at the bottom of the stairs looking up at me?" Like I will, like look, and I'm giving myself a freaking chill right now. <laughs> I don't do this to myself. I don't need the freaking ring. I I am the ring. I instill the fear in myself. <laughs> Sean Ennis says, America, and Amanda Miller says, I'm here just for the name pronunciations. <laughs> that was much earlier in the podcast, but she also, it looks like she That's was responding enough. to the fact that we said, Maybe. my guess is Amanda's responding to the thing where I said it seemed like you practiced some of the names, and she said, Oh, yeah, did? I did. Yeah. Of course I did. I always try to practice. That's why it I usually goes bad, but it went well it. for me. You can check out the beginning of this podcast and check it out. Um, so if you had an ultimate character from the Whovian universe who could instill great fear, obviously the doctor would turn it down. Um, or he'd just have it in a cabinet and he just forgot about it. To me, the scariest from Doctor Who was Avashta Narada. Oh, not the silence? No. Honestly, not the silence. I'm not even sure why. But they I could think rob your Narada- kidney and okay. you wouldn't even re- remember. The thing with the silence is that they are, they are intelligent beings. You can arguably converse with them, fight them, do something. If even the doctor's like, we just need to bounce. There's nothing we can do here. Like, you can't reason with them you can't fight them you can't defeat them you can't do anything that to me is the yeah. scariest you're you're completely helpless at least the silence you can fight back i got one for you some kind of way okay Kilgrave. i almost said Kilgrave. yeah Kilgrave can definitely Kilgrave. instill great fear especially in his own parents but in he that doesn't fucking need daredevil the scene with the no he doesn't blender. The ring would just kind of be as an accessory to his oh, yeah. already power. So that would just make his powers more. I would fabulous. imagine he would use it as more defense, <laughs> like so nobody could get around him, like Iron Fist or anybody like that. Like for me, it's like it, he he on his own is a. Um, I don't want to insult anybody, but it's like he on his own is. I don't want to say mom and pop shop, but I'm going to say mom and pop shop. But with that ring, yeah, ironically, so he would actually be target. a bearer, a bearer of will and not fear because his willpower is so strong. Yeah. The ring would just empower his his already power. Like he would just be more powerful with will instead of fear. Yeah, he'd be like, more green the ring, instead he's of the yellow. Beginning of Spinal Tap. With the ring, he's the end of Spinal Tap where they're coming out the cocoons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... This be a bigger show. The ultimate... <laughs> the, dancer. the ultimate <laughs> fictional character that would instill great fear would have to be Lamb Chop. Ah! 
You just got that song in your head. And that is the fear that everyone holds. Because now, throughout this week, you're going to be singing that song Barney. in your head. And you're going to be saying, God damn it, Matt, man. And I'm going to say. No, I already got that song out of my head by singing. This is like, Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, la, la, la. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know who it yep. is? It's the guy who sang the Macarena. That's that's the one. Oh, yeah. To. That one will get you. Every time you round a corner, hey, Macarena. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, this is a long, drawn-out goodbye. We want to end off with the thank yous with William Pace, Joe Walsh, not from the Eagles. Uh, Joe Gilmore, March of Ace for liking, commenting, and supporting the podcast. And of course, Wall Jangers, we are the Triforce Podcast. I am Matthew Bugrell, the Batman in the Bedranger Box. We have Christopher Bristow, the old man. We have all the way from Thermoscara, Katarina Thermoscara, our omnipotent presence that is Big Brother Stephen Bugrell. Barking in the background, ready for a crazy outside time. Our mascot, hero of time, Link Diablo. And of course, we love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. As always, Wall Jaggers, game on, boys and girls. Bye bye. We're doing it live. Play on the Jaggers. That was a good segue. So, Kat, have you watched Loki? Yeah. Did I watch this week's Loki? Yeah. No. No. My God, why? Why am I always tortured by your schedules? I want to talk about it because the end, the mid-credits scene, just God, chef's kiss, sir. Four and five are Tom Hiddleston's favorites, so you need to make them a priority. I, I, it was really good. You know how I feel about Loki in this show, anyway. So it is so good. No, no, no. It is. Fuck what you heard. It is great. It's not it is, about what I heard. Loki's the shit. It's it's so good. It is as a series. My God, I knew I, when they announced it that I was going to love this series, but I didn't know I was going to love it this much. What they do love, with the last I love season that you're enjoying it. I love when something that people are passionate and excited about turns out being exactly what they wanted to. There's like nothing better than that. Well, I didn't even expect it to be like this because where they go with the Loki that is the pro- antagonist is a very Marvel thing because they're a person. They it's not that, you know, oh, they're, you know, Baron von Zemo, the ultimate destroyer or Victor von Doom, I'm just here to make your life miserable. It they are a person and they have a reason for it. So it comes across with this Loki I have series. Feelings. And the <laughs> twist in a glass of emotion. The twist kind oh, of God. romance <laughs> in this kind of happened on the editing floor, which I appreciate that that shows me that it evolved, especially when it goes from shooting, you know, from writing to shooting to editing, knowing that the process evolved and making it this polished Marvel, you know, cinematic experience to where we get six episodes of Loki and it just shows you're going through this journey with this Loki and your heart breaks in this episode and then you just get this this anxiety ball in your chest of the story of where the fuck are you going with this, man? 
And it's that kind of height of the climb. You know you're coming up to the climax, giggity. And it's, you know, four, five, six. You only have two more episodes to go, and that's where it's really building up. One thing that I'm really enjoying um, in Captain America and the Winter Soldier and Loki Mm -hmm. and other properties that are coming out is that they are finally, I think, realizing you don't need a romance to tell a good story, especially if... You can just have a slight slight gaze, like... Slapped it in there. Like those meat cutes, right? Is that what you call them? Okay, so I'm going to interrupt you only because I'm not clear on what Chris is... (laughs) You can't interrupt me if you were talking. You were interrupting me. But, like, you you were on on Loki, and I'm bringing it back to what Chris was saying to me before because I don't understand... (laughs) You know, we're... We're, we're, we're um, fluid. We'll go yeah. wherever you want to go. Bruce Lee said be like water. So. That didn't come out right. Giggity. Yes. <laughs> it came out. I thought it came out perfectly. <laughs> There's a food truck festival and fireworks. I feel like and- you should go to that because I feel food trucks are stepping up their game. Food trucks are one of my favorite things. I'm always down for a food truck. My thing is the food trucks start at 2 o'clock, but the fireworks are until 9 o'clock. But I also feel like if I wait until closer to the fireworks, it's going to be... Ah, I got it! I'm not going to be able to find a party. See that? I got the lighting. Sorry, I but I got the lighting. Very <laughs> exciting. Yeah, but so here's how to time it out. Just get in line at 4 p.m. Because at <laughs> least by... If you get oh, just, in line at 4 p.m. Just forget oh, whatever you were doing yeah, and go at 4 p.m. It's That's only fine. Food trucks are always so long. I know. But get in line at 4 p.m. Look, at least maybe if we get popular enough to actually, uh, you know, think about a press pass, mm. you know, to where it justifies, we can go where we're going to cons. We're doing different kind of stuff. We get Joe Palladino. We wrangle him and down and get him to get the new web page good. I did see Frank uh, went. He's going to the Ocean City yeah, Maryland Comic Con yeah. in December. Yeah, and I saw he's doing the thing with Mark, uh, yeah. with the ACPW. Yes, he is. So he's doing other stuff. I have several conventions booked already for me to work, and I am both looking forward to them and already tired. <laughs> I know that feeling. You know well, what I'm hey, yeah, just you know, if you. If you ever want to do, if you get like somebody who wants to do like a little interview and you want it as a podcast, just record it and then get it to the old man or myself. And it could be like a Katarina interview podcast and I'll edit it and put it up. Katarina goes interviews. No, no. Go Google's interviews. Katarina likes um, being... A, a voice with other voices. Katarina does not enjoy being the sole voice. Like when the audio we went can out, give you reverb and that wrestler guy, and I had to panic. Price. I had to panic interview. We think it went, went great. It went good. That's what gave us the idea. Yeah, for him the idea. Oh, I re- I definitely want to do more interviews. I was looking back at Lisa Wilcox because it was one of the only. Uh, it was one of the last only likes that we got on uh, our YouTube. 
But uh, I it was enjoyed a great that interview. interview. It was a great one. But because of my history with a certain actor from Star Trek, I keep on getting hit up to reach out to that person. I really don't want to. I think I got the lighting better. Big Brother has finally figured out the lighting. and I got that corner. Look at that corner behind him. That's a nice corner there. It's just white. <laughs> yeah, there's no green in that corner. Seen. That's definitely in the center I can't quite figure out, but if he but just But I want to know still. what Kelly is pointing at that he's so excited about. All right. We, you know what he's excited about? Yeah. This next story. <laughs> that was a oh, great segue. Job. <laughs> That was a good segue. It was. Turn the recording on for our after talk. <coughs> Especially yeah. for a doggo. Uh, always got to have a uh, highlight on the doggos. Man, um, and that was the thing that I was looking on. Especially with these hotter temperatures. Um yeah, it was brutal, man. It was brutal, and then we just got a little bit of reprieve here in the Northeast. Um, Northwest is still getting pounded. Um, we Hearts out to you, but over 90 degrees is what I looked up on Google is pretty much the benchmark of not safe for animals. Bella, and that's say hi. internal temperature. Hello, Bella. Hello, Bella. Very Bella, cute. Very cute doggo. And for the audio he listeners... What breed? I have no idea. What are you? Speak up. Look, what are you, Bella? Speak up now. Speak. <laughs> She's looking at the TV. What, you didn't do a 23 and me? Oh, Jesus. Unprepared. Hello, Bella. Yes. She's a cutie. I have no idea Very what breed cute. she is. Uh, short. You know she is? Did you ask her? Oh, short hair. I don't know. Bella's a Bella. Bella's a Bella. It's a, it's a Bella. Oh, Bella. Oh, oh, I know that breed. Oh, of course, a Bella. She's Our, very this guy and well behaved and just a sweetheart. I will okay. have her in my home anytime. You want to go? Want to go with Gabby? Oh, yeah. I remember uh, doing fostering animals with Bob uh, back in the day when I first started <laughs> renting, uh, you know, renting a house with him. And it was fun, man, having all those dogs in there and getting to experience all the different kinds of dogs and all the pers- different personalities of dogs. It was super cool. And Link, I got him and in the mix of all that. So he's used to being around a whole bunch of dogs. He just, I guess the fucker just forgot. No, not my dog. She is the best behaved dog I have ever been around. Like, I mean, Link's cool. He's getting better with the dog next door because they have their back and forth running session. But I guess, I don't don't know. One of them talks shit in between and then the barks start getting serious. No, the big dog ignores Link and Link gets pissed. I'm over here, man. What's your fucking problem? No, not my dog. My dog, um, he, uh, the wind changes directions outside, doesn't even touch him, and he's barking. Oh, you got one of those. <laughs> we had one of them to live next door. <laughs> man, that was annoying as shit. I'm living one of the next one of those. Fair like enough. delivery man comes to our house because, you know, Amazon Prime. and That's his job? <laughs> because you order shit. And it's not even like he's across the street, not even to our house yet. And it's already parked. Oh, yeah. Link, <laughs> I mean, it's we got the flap, so it's just and then he's and 
he just goes crazy. But also, when Steve pulls up, it's just like, game over, man. Game over. All out, fucking running around the house. It's sprinting time. She's a Shih Tzu Pomeranian mix. There you go. Okay. I was just stalling for that, and I, I hoped you, that you'd pull it out, and you did. And, you know, that was... I asked her owner. That was awesome. So we are joining this boat that is Try, and we want you to try to hit this subscribe button right here. We also want you to go right above my head and find every single Triforce podcast in a playlist. Right above our cardboard Kelly's head in the Perjanger box, you're going to find the very best Perjangers and Wallhangers video for you. And as our main man Connor always says... Bye. 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 Bye.